turning to the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 25. The book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 25. I want to read the first three verses of this chapter. We may read more later on, maybe. 1 Samuel, chapter 25. If you would stand with me for the reading of God's word. Been preaching camp meeting this week. They like for you to preach a good 45 minutes to an hour and a half. And so I'll try to do my very best at not fulfilling their wishes. Amen. First <laughs> Samuel 25, verse number 1. And Samuel died, and all the Israelites were gathered together and lamented him and buried him in his house at Ramah. And David arose and went down to the wilderness of Paran. Let me stop and say this. David is on the run from Saul. Saul is threatening David's life. The man of God, Samuel, the last of the judges and a prophet of God has just passed away. And David is going down to the wilderness, verse 2. There was a man of Maon whose possessions were in Carmel. And the man was very great and he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife, Abigail. She was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doings, and he was of the house of Caleb. Let's just fast forward to verse 25. I want to read that verse. Verse 25 of this chapter. Let not my Lord, I pray thee, regard this man of Belial, even Nabal, for as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name, and folly is with him. The Bible would tell us about the name Nabal. It means a fool. I want to preach on this thought today, dealing with a fool. Father, would you touch us today to preach your word. Thank you, Father, for the privilege you've given us to gather and open your pages to the word of God. Give us now that which we need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. One time, D.O. Moody came to the pulpit. There was a piece of paper laying there when he got up there with the word written on it, fool. Somebody had told the man of God he was a fool. Brother Moody stood there and he laughed about it and he said, there's been many times that people have sent me letters and didn't sign them or they signed them anonymous, but this was the first time someone signed the letter and didn't write the letter. They signed their name, fool. <laughs> Interesting. In 1 Samuel 25, we're introduced to a man that is, the scripture says he's very great, He's wealthy, 3,000 sheep, 1,000 goats. He's got supplies, shepherds, shearers. He has a spouse. Her name is Abigail. She's of a good countenance. That means she has wisdom. She's very beautiful to look upon. And his name, Nabal, he's a man the Bible called him churlish. I had to look that up, which means he's rude. You ever dealt with somebody like that? He's selfish, he's harsh, and he's evil. Now, David and his men are out in the wilderness and Nabal, this man of great substance, takes all his sheep 
out to the wilderness to shear them. And David has his men watch over and protect Nabal's men from Philistian raiders. And so David, after the event is done, sends 10 of his men back to Nabal and said, Listen, we protected you. We've supplied you a valuable service. Would you uh, look down upon me today and my men and, and give us some supplies, something to eat? Would be a dear blessing. And look with me. you got your Bible open. And verse number 10, Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Do you see what he's saying about him? Who is David? Like, I don't even know who you are. You're, you're a runaway slave, a runaway servant from Saul. Verse 11, shall I, take my, shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? I mean, listen, he, he looks at David and he refuses to recognize him. Who David is, what David's done for him, he would not thank him. One of the servants go back to Nabal's wife and say, Listen, Nabal, you can't talk to him. You know how he is. And David is man. Let me tell you something. This upset David so bad that David gathered 600 men to go and take out one man. And now not only will he kill that one man, but the whole household. Nabal, Abigail, all the servants all lie in the hand of fate at that moment. And Abigail, she says, don't tell my husband what I'm doing. She takes presents and provisions and supplies and goes out to meet David and says, listen, sometimes my husband, he's a fool. He, he, he doesn't recognize. Please forgive us. And she appeases David's anger. She comes back in verse number 36 when Abigail came back to Nabal. Behold, he held a feast in his house like the feast of a king. And Nabal's heart was merry within him for he was very drunken. Wherefore she told him nothing Less or more until the morning light. She knew you can't deal with a drunk. So she waits till the next morning. Verse 37, it came to pass in the morning when the wine was gone out of Nabal and his wife had told him these things. She told him how David got mad and, and was getting ready to come kill them all and how she went out and gave supplies and provisions. When she tells him all these things, his heart died within him. He became as a stone. And it came to pass about 10 days after that the Lord smote Nabal that he died. Here Nabal is a man that is a fool. A man that has the, the, the provisions protected and all his family being protected. And yet what did he do? He refused to thank David. He refused to recognize David. And he laughed and he began to mock him. I say to you today that he is a fool. Now the dictionary says that a fool is a person who is deficient in judgment. They're devoid of common sense. They're unwise. They're an idiot. That's what the dictionary says. A moron. Another definition was a professional jester or a clown. A silly person. Another definition is one who is imposed on by others like a stooge, an imbecile, or a half-wit. The Bible says in Proverbs 1 verse 7, fools despise wisdom. That means they're unthinking. They're thoughtless. They're a careless person without true understanding. Now did you know in the Bible there are really two kinds of fools? There are wise fools and there are unwise fools. Let's talk about the wise fool first of all. 
in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Now, you're, hold your place here. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. We're talking about wise fools. First, preacher Darren, there's no such thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 18. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. In other words, we need to become a fool to the world. You see, the world looks at me today and they say, that preacher up there is a fool. You people that's gathered here on this hillside in these pews and you've tuned in online, God bless y'all, that you're a fool. You're wasting your times. You are a fool according to the world. The world laughs at us as being fools because we are Christians. We are wise fools. Today I'm preaching to unwise fools. You may say, preacher Darren, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, Whosoever shall say, thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. So don't you come up here in our church and tell us today about someone being a fool. Well, I looked this up. Jesus says, don't you dare use the word fool when you're angry. And I'm not angry at you today. I would not dare call you a fool. But this is what God says about someone who will not believe or trust his word, or give him thanks for what he's done. I wonder today, I'm continuing to think about the nation. Are we a nation that's become foolish in our thinking and our logic? When I look in the word of God, I see, number one, the practical fool. Verse 10 again, Nabal, who's been given protection and, and provision and, and how King David is a type of Christ who's looked out for him and looked over him. When David comes and asks for anything, Nabal says, verse 10, who is David? That's like saying, who is Jesus? My Bible says in Psalm 14, verse 1, and says it again in Psalm 53, verse 1, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. There was a little shoeshine boy working down in the, the Memphis area of Tennessee and he was down shining shoes. And a man was sitting there having his shoe shine, reading his paper. And he said, there ain't no God. Turn the next page. I'm telling you, there ain't no God. And a little shoeshine boy finally heard enough and said, ooh, mister. The man dropped his paper and said, what's your problem? He said, my Bible says the fool has said in his heart there is no God. And you done blabbed it with your big mouth. There's a bunch of atheists and agnostics running around. And they're going to try to tell you and me that there is no God. But I looked this up in the Hebrew. So I want you to know Psalm 14, Psalm 53, 1. This is what it means. It means there is no God for me. For me, there is no God. That's what they're saying. Well, that's their business. Because I'm going to tell you today, the fool has rejected serving God. Ever since I was born and I knew anything, I knew within my heart, there's a God. For someone who says, there's no God for me, that's your decision. But I'm praying today for you that you're going to change your mind. The Bible says to you that say that there is no God, the Bible says you are a fool. 
The book of Romans chapter 1. I'm just trying to preach my heart today. Romans chapter 1. You know what? You can look at creation right now and you can tell there's a God. Look at all the stars and all the planets and the sun and the moon and you go in and you can zoom in and you can see there are not only billions and billions of stars but then on top of that there are billions and billions of galaxies and in each galaxy billions and billions of stars. It didn't just happen. Hey, God created all those things that are, amen. Science is telling us that right now. There seems to be no end to the galaxies our God has created. Then I look at you and me. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Some of you today, you're having pain in your back or pain in your kidney, pain in your brain. I'll tell you, some of you, this is because one little thing, you get a kidney stone, one little stone. And you, a 200-pound man, oh, Lord, I'm about, and it's about this big. Why does it hurt so bad? Because you're fearfully and wonderfully made. God designed you with such perfect precision that I'm telling you, you would have to be a fool to believe that there's not an intellectual God behind it all today. In the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse number 19 I hope you've got a pen to write something down. Romans 1 verse 19. Because that which may be known of God, that which may be known of God is manifest in them. You see, God has created within you a conscious. Write that word down. In you is a conscious. And in that conscious, it knows there's a God. Doesn't mean you're saved. It just knows there's a God there. And on top of that, for God has showed it unto them. Underline the word in and the word unto. In is my conscience. God has showed me there's a God. He's put it within me. Second of all, unto means creation. You would be a fool to believe all that it will preach there. And there was nothing. If nothing hit nothing, what banged? Nothing hits nothing means nothing is going to happen. People right now trying to prove it and they're trying to trick dirt and do all this. Listen, go get your own dirt. It's God's dirt. There was nothing God made dirt, amen. Get your own dirt if you think you can, amen. I'm just saying there's a practical fool. The Bible says for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. I know two men that were walking home, different guys, different, different, different times, 1920s, 1950s, walking home, had been to see their girlfriend, walking home, saw the moon, realized in all its glory and splendor that God put it there. And the man got down and called on the Lord and got saved. He said, the moon preached to me what nobody else could and got saved. And then 30 years later, his son did the same thing. Going to see his girlfriend coming home, the moon preached to him. And he got saved. Preacher there and the moon don't preach. Honey, God will use creation to preach to me and you. There is a God. You may say, Preacher there and I'm not no atheist. And I am not, I'm definitely not no agnostic. Well, I'm going to talk to you today then, sir. Will you listen to me, ma'am? Then why are you living as though God doesn't exist? What happened to your prayer life? What happened to your desire to be in the house of God? 
What happened for your desire? You used to be so excited. Woo! It's church time. We're going to learn about Jesus. I can't wait to go learn about Jesus. But something has happened. It is now a phone call. I wish I had my phone. Where is it at? It's now a phone call. Hey. Hey, Luke. You're supposed to say hey to me. Me, daddy. Hey, Luke. You going to church today? Okay, well, I'll meet you there. It's like you have to check on the rest of your family to see if they're going. Because if they ain't going, you ain't going either. At my house, it never came to a vote. My daddy never said, Sandra, what do you think? Should we go to church today? Let's let the kids decide. No, bless God, if we was alive and we was breathing and we were healthy, we were going to the house of God. It was not up for vote. It was not up for debate. It was not up for a family phone call. You're looking at me like, you're living like God does not exist. You profess to believe in God, but you're living as though there is not a God. If you're living that way, the Bible says you're a fool. Number two, there's the proud fool. Verse 10 again. Who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? Here's what he's saying. He's mocking. He's mocking. Who is the son of Jesse? He is nothing. Proverbs 14.9 says, Fools make a mock of sin. Our God is holy. Our God demands righteousness. And yet we mock at sin. There's the deceitfulness of sin, the awfulness of sin, the treachery of sin. I'm trying to move on. But sin is like a cancer. And it gets in you and sometimes cancer's there and you don't even know it's there. It doesn't hurt you necessarily. You don't feel it. But it's working against you all the time. And I'm going to say this to you today. Every one of you, if you have a body, if you were born a human being, every one of you have a flesh. And that means every one of you have a sin nature. Oh, but preacher Darren, I got saved. Your soul got saved. But your flesh is at war against your soul, amen? And I'm telling you right now, your old flesh being at war against your soul, every one of us is infected with sin. And the only way to defeat sin is by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can get rid of the cancer called sin. Fools make a mock of sin. So you go ahead and laugh. Go ahead and laugh and be disobedient. Mock God's standards of sex. Yes, I said it. Mock at God's standards of marriage, ethics, morality, social injustices. I'll never forget one time. I was preaching in the Fletcher First Baptist Church in the old sanctuary. The place was packed. The Holy Ghost was moving as we were preaching. Two girls sitting in the back section back there, kind of disconnected from everybody else, but the whole section was full of people. They kept sitting there, and they'd gooch each other, you know, kind of in this, ha, and they'd laugh. I'd say something. They'd, I said the word sex, oh, ha, ha, and they'd laugh the whole time I preached. And when I finish preaching, I don't call people out. Y'all know I don't get up and say, Luke, you need to behave, but I've done it to you. But I won't do it to all your kids, but sometimes maybe I ought to, amen? But, but, but I don't, I'm not a call-you-out person. But I got up and said, young ladies, your sin and your blood is on your own hands. 
they gooched each other and laughed again until one of them buried their head down just like this. I just kept preaching, giving the invitation, and all of a sudden she slipped out. She started down the aisleway, and I noticed when she got there, there was blood running down her forearm, dripping off her elbow. Now, to get to the bathroom in that church, you would come down the aisle and you would go this way. And I thought, man, I just said her blood's on her own hands. And God pinched her nose. And blood is running down her forehead, forearm right now. Instead of running to the bathroom, she slid into the altar like this. And she said, preacher, you said my blood will be on my hands and I've laughed at you all morning long. Oh, I've, oh God, would you forgive me and save me? I'll listen to you now. God, please save me. And God forgave that girl. Saved her soul and dried that fountain of blood from her nose right up. When she stood up, she said this to her friend. She called her by name. And she said, you laughed at God too. You know you need to be saved. The easiest thing for her to do would be exit stage left. But instead, she ran down this. She ran and slid in and she was saved. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just telling you. People are mocking at sin. And God said, for everyone who mocks at sin, you're a fool. Numbers 32 verse 23, you can be sure your sin will find you out. The sin you commit, sir, you're trying to hide it from your wife. She doesn't know about it, but God does. Ma'am, that's sin you're committing. You fooled your preacher. You fooled your husband. You fooled your children. But you've not fooled God. You fooled your boss. You have fooled everyone around you. But I promise you, you can mock it, sin all you want to, but there's not one person, including your pastor, in this church today that's going to get by with sin. You cannot mock at sin and get by. If you revel at sin as if it's nothing, I want you to think about something. Preacher Darren, sin. Ha! What a lewd concept that is. Sin, I don't believe there's such a thing as sin. I do what I want to do. I have a question for you then. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Why did he die? History will tell you that there was a real Jesus that was born. History will tell you there was a real Jesus that died on the cross. That is in the annals of history. He was a sinless son of God. If there is no sin, why did he die? He died because of my sin and your sin. And he took upon himself our sin and was made our sin that we might be forgiven, that we might be made free. Don't be a fool today. Thirdly, there's a pitiful fool. The Bible says, who is David? Who is the son of Jesse? A pitiful fool. The Bible says in Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and instruction. There's been a lot of debate. I see it on the internet all the time. There's a lot of debate about the authority, the absolute authority of God's holy, inerrant, inspired, infallible word. Word. Only 11% of Christians believe that the Bible is God's word in America today. But God has spoken through this book. God has given us this book. God's word is his authority. 
God has told us in this book the pathway of life. He's told us about our sin. He's told us how to be saved. He's told us how to live. It's all in his book. Hallelujah to God. But here's the problem. Anyone reading this book knowing what's required, you have no excuse for your ignorance. In fact, if you're listening to me preach today on this July 23rd, 2023, you're without excuse because Jesus died to save your soul. And if you reject him and will not receive him, you are without excuse. He'll call it up and say, on July 23rd, I had my preacher stand up and tell you, you need to be saved. But you said no. You know what he's going to say to you? Depart from me. I never knew you. You've made a foolish choice to reject the darling son of God. And you're without excuse. You've got the word of God. People say all the time, listen, you're never going to be able to stand before God and say, I never knew. People say to me all the time, well, I don't really read the Bible much, preacher dear, because I don't understand it. I don't understand how a black cow eats green grass and gives white milk. And when you churn it, it makes yellow butter. But I still believe in milk. I had some this morning. Amen? Just because you say I don't understand it, you are not going to be able to use that as an excuse. Amen? God has given us this opportunity today to preach the word and receive it and not be fools. In the book of Amos, chapter number 6, verse number 1, the Bible says, Woe to them that are in ease in Zion. That's Jerusalem. What does that mean? Jerusalem is a strong city. It's a fortified city. It's a city upon top of a mountain. And there they are with its massive walls. It's called the royal city. But the people that were dwelling inside this place of safety were living in a fool's paradise because they're sinning and openly rebelling before God Almighty. You see, Israel is God's chosen people. America is not necessarily God's chosen people. Israel's God's chosen people. And if God would let his chosen people by, how do you think he's going to let us by? God has no pets. God has no favorites. He treats everyone the same, amen. And I'm telling you, if you reject him today, if you are living in a fool's paradise, well, I'll serve God when it's convenient. I'll serve God on Sunday twice a month. But that's all I'm doing. The Bible says you're a fool. God has blessed you and saved your soul. He blesses you every single day. What if God decided, you know what, I'm just going to bless you on Sunday? Twice a month. But I'm not blessing you any other time. Well, that's not how God would do things. And that lives inside of you, and that's not how you should do things either. You need to love what God loves. You need to appreciate what God appreciates. Amen? Now, I just got to think of it for a second. America this morning is at ease. We think we're safe. We've, we openly sin in God's face. We flaunt sin in God's face as if it is nothing. We are living in a fool's paradise. I could read to you in Deuteronomy 32. Let's look there. Deuteronomy 32. I've got just a few more minutes. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Look with me in verse number 28. 21, sorry. Deuteronomy 32, 21. Then we'll read 28. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger 
with their vanities. I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. Verse 28, for they are a nation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. Just like Nabal, we become a foolish nation, void of counsel. Fourthly, I want us to go back to our text in 1 Samuel 25. I want you to think about the pathetic fool. Nabal says in verse number 10, There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Do you see what he's insinuating? He is insinuating that David is on the run, that David is not true. He is slandering David. The Bible says in Proverbs 10, 18, He that uttereth a slander is a fool. For you to pass along an evil story, for you to ruin someone's reputation, for you to defame their character by gossip, the Bible says you're a fool. Surely you would not commit murder. Amen? But you're assassinating the character of the one you're talking about with your slandering tongue. You try to pull somebody else down because of jealousy or, wh or whisper innuendos or, or because of hatred. Well, preacher, they did it to me first. Don't make it right for you to do it back. If you're doing that, well, preacher, then I'm just going to get them back for the way they've hurt me. You don't know how they've hurt me. Look at me. The Bible says you're a fool. Don't you come up in here, preacher, then. You're my pastor. Don't you call me a fool. The Bible says, God's authority says you are a fool if you try to ruin someone else because of your slandering tongue for whatever reason is your motivation. It's a pathetic fool. Fifthly, and I'm done. In verse 11 of this chapter, Nabal says, Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shears and give it unto men whom I know not whence they be? You see that? He's a prosperous fool. He says, it's my bread, it's my water, it's my flesh. It's my house, it's my car, it's my clothes. I do what I want to, preacher. It's mine, 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 it's my life. Don't tell me how, to do, how I should spend it. You're a prosperous, God bless you, you're a successful, prosperous fool. Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. Verse number 16, Jesus spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. He thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. He said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns. I will build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Here's a man who is successful. Here's a man that was prosperous. Here's a man that said to his soul, take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. Verse 20, but God said unto him, what did God call him? Thou fool, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. 
That night, that man laid down and God allowed his heart to stop beating. And his soul was required of him that very night. And all he had done for himself, his barns and all these things, did not help him one iota. Ask his name. It's uh, Mr. So-and-so. Ask his position. Ask about his wealth. He could tell you his account numbers, how much was in it. He could tell you all these things about himself, his title, his position. But what does God say about him? Thou fool. You're in Luke. Look at chapter 24. There are two men on the Emmaus Road. Jesus has died on the cross. The two men are walking along. Verse 15, he came to pass while they communed together and reasoned Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, what manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and are sad? Here are these two. Jesus has been crucified. Jesus is risen, but they didn't believe it. They're walking down the Emmaus Road together. Oh, they're kicking the can. They're so discouraged. They're so sad. I don't know what it is you're so sad about. But the countenance on your face when you came in today, you're sad. I don't know why you're sad. I don't know what your problem is. But Jesus, as he joined himself unto them, he began to talk with them. And they still did not recognize him. And finally, the Bible says, look with me. In this chapter, the Bible says in verse 25, then he said unto them, what do you call them? Oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe. All the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Now I'm going to talk to you today. You're a Christian. Are you saved? Preacher, I know there's a God. I need to hear that again. I know there's a God. But here you are in this life and there are storms and difficult circumstances and your Christian walk, one thing that's not bringing you back to church like it should, one thing that's not bringing you back to your Bible like it should, one thing that's hindering you your prayer life is because you're so discouraged with some things going on in your life right now and you're sad. But really it's God trying to get your attention to draw closer to you. Luke, you and Joshua stand up. Y'all be walking this way. Be walking this way. They're sad. And the Lord just shows up and says, hey, why, why are you boys sad? Oh, you don't know what's happened. They crucified our Lord and he's not with us anymore. We don't know what we're going to do. He's all fools and slow heart to believe. And he begins to share with them the gospel. And man, it began to encourage them. Y'all go sit down. Thank you. He began to encourage. Here you are. You're so sad. And you're moving away from the things of God. Where did I put my Bible? I set it down somewhere. Thank you so, thank you so much. The Bible says in verse 31, and their eye, oh, verse 30, it came to pass as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to them. You know what? They were like, whew. We remember these hands. They died on the cross. We remember that time he fed 5,000 with just a few loaves and a few fishes. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way? While he opened unto us the scriptures? Just a little earlier in the journey, when Jesus walked up to him, they didn't even recognize he was with them. 
who you are sad, discouraged. It's hard. It's difficult. But I want you to look around and see who's with you. See who's got his arm around you. See who's holding your hand. See who's there every step with you along the journey. And he's here to speak to you and say, Oh, fools, and slow of heart to believe. Honey, I want you to know I'm, there's nothing too hard for me. There's nothing me and you together can face and get victory over. And when they realized it, oh, man, their hearts were burning one towards another. I started to bring a ring box in here today. Any of you girls ever had a ring box with a diamond or a ring in it that you were so excited about? There was a young boy. He was afraid to ask the love of his life to marry her. He's afraid she'd say no. A fear of rejection. But she was gorgeous and he loved her so. He thought, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go out and buy me one of them fancy diamond rings. And he put it in the box and he wrapped it up and he says, I'm going to send it home with her. And I'm going to say, honey, here's a gift for you. What do you think about it? And he gives it to her. She goes home and unwraps it. She comes back. He says, what did you think about the gift I gave you? She said, well, that box was wonderful. It had nice, soft, fuzzy velvet. I love velvet. And when I opened it inside, it had soft satin tissue there. It was so wonderful. He said, but the ring, what about the ring? She goes, oh, that piece of wire with the glass on it? I threw that away. What a fool. Both of them were. There's a lawyer. I'm telling you, that's what you're doing. You're excited about what's on the outside. You're excited about, but you're not excited about the ring God has given you. You're not excited about what he's done for you anymore. You're just discouraged by the circumstances in your life. There was a lawyer who he had a hard job, a lot of pressure, a lot of stress. And one morning it snowed outside. And as usual, he went just across the street from where they lived to the saloon to get liquored up before he went to work so he could do his job better. He went over there, and when he did, he got liquored up. And when he came out of the saloon and headed towards his office, he noticed the, back, the front door of his house came his son. And his son saw his footprints. And he was hopping in them. His daddy said, son, what are you doing? He said, daddy, I'm just trying to follow you. And his daddy jumped down. And began to erase all those footprints so his son couldn't sue him. And said, oh God, forgive me. Do not let my boy follow in my footprints. If you've been a fool, make sure most importantly that you don't allow your children to grow up as fools. You stand to your feet. Richard Aaron, I ain't no fool. I just showed you the two on the Emmaus Road had become fools as well. They doubted and questioned and did not believe it. I'm telling you right now, there's somebody today, you are doubting, you're concerned, you can't figure out what's going on in your life, the circumstances are hard and difficult, but God says, don't be a fool. I'm with you. We'll handle this together. Don't be a fool and try to do it on your own. Let me join with you. Let me walk with you. Let me commune with you. Let me share the word with you, amen. Let me break bread with you. That's what he wants to do today. Brother Seth, if you'd come, I believe there's somebody here today said, Preacher Darren, I don't want to be a fool. Not an unwise fool. I'll be a fool for Jesus as a Christian, but I don't want to be an unwise fool. Here I come. God bless y'all.
preacher, there's a circumstance, there's a hardship, there's a difficulty. I've got a burden, I mean financial, it's health, preacher. There, I'm so discouraged, God, I'm so burdened. Help me, oh God. Oh, who still needs to come? The Lord said, I can't even pray yet. Come on right now, come on, please. Come on. God bless you, thank you. Anybody else, you need to come, come on. God bless you. Anybody else? God, dealing with somebody, I just feel it. Preacher, I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a fool. I want my children to be raised up as fools. I want them to see their mama, their granddaddy. I want them to see me serving God. Father, this morning in your presence, we bow. And we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, what fools we've become. Lord, how you've protected us and how you've blessed us beyond measure. Everything that we think we have, we only have because of you. So Lord, how could we not recognize your authority and your blessing in our life and your ability to take us further on this journey through this problem, over this problem. God, I pray that you would touch today. Lord, bless these this morning, God, that's come to bow and say, Oh, God, I'm near a fool, but God, you've opened my eyes. You spoke to me. You shared with me. You've encouraged me. You have been with me every step. And the day I pause, I bow my knee to recognize the authority in my life. It is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Lord, I ask your blessing upon these homes, upon these lives that are individually represented. And for this, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen.